Ronaldo! Stop! But why, Liz? This is what I do, no? We are in avalanche territory. Any loud noise could set the snow crashing down the mountain. It was too late. They could hear the rumble on the mountain. Just as Henriette noticed, Al was missing. Welcome to the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, with your hosts, Max and Liz. This podcast is brought to you by Playful World Ministries. Max, Liz, and all the characters and adventures of the Epic Order of the Seven were created by and written by Jenny L. Cody. Oh, and by the way, as you listen to this episode from the audiobook The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud, keep in mind you can download your very own copy of it by visiting www.audible.com. And you can find the entire collection of the Epic Order of the Seven on Jenny's website, www.epicorderofthe7.com. That's epicorderofthe7.com. On today's episode, we'll hear Chapter 26 of The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud. And each week, we'll take a visit to Jenny's Corner, where we'll get to hear from Jenny Cody herself, the creator of The Epic Order of the Seven. Jenny will give us the inside scoop on all her stories, her inspiration, how she comes up with these great ideas, and much more. And she'll read letters from her loyal listeners, maybe even yours. Well, let's get started, shall we? Here's Max and Liz. Bonjour, mes amis. Aye, and a messy me indeed. Max, where have you been? Ah, calm down, Kitty. I just did a wee bit of digging in the garden. But Max, I was just out there this morning. The garden looked beautiful. There's nothing that needs digging. <laughs> Who said it needed it then? You know, sometimes I just like to dig for the fun of it. Ah, <sighs> dogs. It's what we do. And I might remind you, lass, me digging skills can sometimes be a grand help when there's digging needing to be done. Oui, this is true. Uh, well, go wipe your paws and hurry up. Today's epic order of the seventh episode is about to begin. Aye, Liz. Keep your claws in, then. I'm hurrying. I wouldn't miss today's story for nothing. Ha, this one were an exciting one. You see, there we were, in the Swiss mountains, and... Ah, uh, may I? Well, I suppose. Besides, you missed a spot on your back paw. No, I did Eh, how'd I miss that one, then? <laughs> so, we'd had a wonderful day discovering all the beautiful mountain flowers and seeing the panoramic vistas. The paramedic what? Panoramic vistas. The view? Aye, that were a pretty view. So, we set up a camp that night to get some rest in before traveling the next day. But then... Max! You see, Al, we're about to do something, so stop! Max, that is where our story begins today. Shh. Uh, Monsieur Announcer, uh, could you read, s'il vous plaît? Uh, yeah, gladly. Chapter 26. Noble, Famous Warrior. I must be completely daft. I cannot believe I'm doing this. Me, the scaredy kitty, leaving the safety of our camp to wander the mountain in search of flowers. Love makes you do daft things. Al muttered to himself as his paws crunched through the snow. At least the moon was full, giving a silvery sheen to the snow-covered mountain, and the fire cloud brilliantly illuminated the sky. Even though Al could see well in the dark, he still was afraid of being in it all by himself. 
and appreciated the lunar and firecloud nightlights. He had waited until everyone was asleep before venturing out in search of Edelweiss for Liz. Al watched Max fall into slumber, checking that his feet were running in his sleep as the signal that it was safe to leave. Up and up he climbed, frequently yawning to pop his ears and adjusting the seed sack he carried on his back. He tried not to think about the fact that he was all alone and could meet up with a wolf or two or three. But Al was tired of being so afraid all the time, and if he were ever to face his fears and grow into his name, he needed to fight as a warrior fights in battle. For fear is a powerful enemy for any creature. The further Al climbed, the less vegetation he saw, just as Liz had described it would be. Ah, Liz, what an incredible creature she was. He didn't know if she could possibly ever love such a simple-minded cat as himself, but perhaps proving his love for her this way would make him worthy. Al lost track of time, and it took most of the night to reach the peak. When he got to the top, he looked over the scene below. What an amazing sight! The moon sparkled on the crystallized snow all the way down the mountain until the moonbeams landed on the lake. Al couldn't believe he had reached the top. He felt proud of himself, and just seeing this view was reward enough for his hard climb. The wind was blowing briskly, dusting his fur with the already fallen snow. He shivered in the cold night air. He knew he had better hurry and find the Edelweiss so he could get back down the mountain before the others noticed him missing. As Al began to inspect everything, he put the seed sack on the ground and loosened the tie around it. A shadow, unseen by Al, emerged from the sack and moved slowly up the slope. Al's paws felt the soft lichen growing on the rocks, and he pulled some off to put in the seed sack. Wouldn't Liz be happy to see the lichen as well? Then he spotted what he had come for. There, between some rocks, were the woolly white leaves of the Edelweiss. He gingerly pulled the flower from the rocks and stood to study the small yellow petals. The colors of the fire cloud bathed Al in yellow. He stood there, wrapped in the beauty around him. The shadow moved across the mountain, and suddenly a solid sheet of ice started sliding in Al's direction, completely covering him, the seed sack, and the Edelweiss. Al's life flashed before his eyes, and the greatest regret he had was not putting the Edelweiss at Liz's feet. The sun was just about to break the horizon, the pink sky making the introduction of a new day. Liz snapped to attention as she realized it was sunrise. I must stop him before he... was all she was able to say before they all heard the loud cock a doodle doo Liz couldn't reach Jock in time to keep him from crowing. Everyone woke up and looked around, ready for the new day. Liz went running over to Jacques to clamp her paws over his beak just as he was about to belt out another round of cock a doodle doos Stop! Jacques, you must be quiet. Contain yourself. 
urgently said Liz. But why, Liz? This is what I do, no? replied a calm Jacques. As I told you yesterday, we are in avalanche territory. Any loud noise could set the snow crashing down the mountain, explained Liz. It was too late. Up above them, they could hear the rumble on the mountain. Jacques stood there, jaw hanging open, looking at the rushing snow. Just as Henriette noticed, Al was missing. Where is La Chafou? Oh, dear. It's all my fault. I sent Al on an errand. Isabella said when she saw that Al was gone. You did what? Don Pedro snorted. Uh, may I make a suggestion? Max asked. Suddenly the ground began to tremble and shake. Up above them they saw the avalanche coming, crashing down the mountainside toward them at incredible speed. Henriette looked at Jacques with a scowl on her face. Now look what you've done! No time to argue! Everyone move or you'll be buried alive! shouted Max. It was total chaos. The creatures fled as fast as they could. The hummingbirds flew up high to get out of reach of the hurtling snow that was quickly gaining ground toward the fleeing animals. Max made sure everyone was ahead of him before he took off running. He yelled for them to keep moving and not to look behind. It seemed unlikely that they could outrun the avalanche. It appeared that the entire mountain was falling down on top of them. Don Pedro tripped on a rock and rolled before quickly getting up again, almost knocking Isabella off her feet. Henriette was screaming all the way down the mountain, her wings spread out in a panic, with Jacques right behind her, feeling sick that he had caused the avalanche. Kate and Liz were running in front, gasping for breath as they plunged through the deep snow. The snow was beginning to overtake the animals. Suddenly, Max saw a gully up ahead. He yelled for the creatures to dive into the ravine, and the animals did so just as the avalanche went crashing by, the powdery snow flying all around them. Almost as quickly as it started, it was over. The snow ceased racing down the mountain, and all was still. The animals were breathing heavily, exhausted from running and emotionally frazzled from the experience. One by one, they dusted themselves off and looked at each other to make sure everyone was okay. Is everyone all right? asked Max, making sure they were all there. Oui, mon ami, said Liz, with labored breathing. We are all here. Except for Al, mademoiselle, said Henriette, actually concerned about him. Liz's head lowered as she replied, I'm afraid that Albert was missing from our camp before the avalanche. Now I do not know how we can find him. Liz's eyes welled up with tears. But we must look for him, ordered Henriette. Everyone, up, up, up. Look for that crazy cat until we find him. Kate walked over to Liz and nudged her. There is always hope, dear. Liz sniffed and said, Hope? Hope is too risky for me. 
the likelihood of Albert surviving on his own, and especially, if you will, caught in this avalanche, is... She shook her head in doubt. I won't let you give up. Stay with me while we search, said Kate. It was a surreal feeling that the once violent snow now lay silent, looking beautiful as it covered the landscape. How quickly things can happen. All the animals felt vulnerable. Rudy and Rosie flew over to the little band of animals and joined in the search for Al. They looked everywhere, while Max and Kate used their noses trying to sniff out Al's scent. But it was no use. The fresh snow covered everything, including any sign or smell of Al. No amount of digging led to anything but snow, snow, and more snow. Liz looked skyward at the fire cloud, which was moving once again. We cannot leave and follow you now. We have to find Albert. I do not understand why you led us through these mountains when there are other ways to travel in this direction. Why could we not have journeyed through the south of France to avoid this mountain pass? Why has this happened? All the animals stood silently by as Liz plopped down on the ground in despair, unanswered questions spewing out of her. This time her lack of understanding cut to her heart. It wasn't just facts or information she was missing. It was Al. Even Liz did not realize how deeply she felt about him until this moment when he was no longer there. Kate and Max shared a pained look, as did the other pairs of animals, not knowing quite what to say. Sometimes, nothing is the best thing to say. Liz looked at the ground, her head low. Her vision was blurred from the tears in her eyes, but finally she opened them. There, next to her on the ground, was something peeking out of the snow. Woolly white leaves and beautiful blooms of five to six small yellow flowers surrounded by a star of leaflets. Kate walked over to Liz as she saw the cat looking at the flowers. Liz, this looks like what you described as Edelweiss. Is that what it is, then? No, it is impossible. We are too low on the mountain for this flower to grow here. It must be something else. It does not matter. Liz said as she got up to walk away. She needed some time alone. Liz heard Kate call to her. Liz, the flowers moved. Come see. Liz looked behind over her shoulder and remarked, It must be the wind. Isabella rushed over to look at the flowers sticking out of the snow. No, no, come see, she urged. Liz stopped and turned, walking slowly back to Kate, Isabella, and the flowers. Sure enough, the flowers were moving, and the wind wasn't blowing. Curious, Liz used her paw to gently dig the snow away from the flowers, and they moved even more. Kate looked at Max, cocking her head, then at Rudy and Rosie, who shrugged their tiny shoulders. Liz expected to find some roots at the base of the flowers, but she discovered something orange. It was furry, 
It was Al's paw. Albert, 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 it is you, Liz said as she saw his paw clenching the bunch of Edelweiss. Max ran over to Liz and began to furiously dig Al out, shouting, Stop aside, lass! I'll dig the kitty out! Max proceeded to dig through the snow to reveal a very soggy, shivering Al. His paw remained tightly clenched around the bunch of flowers. Al shook his head and opened his eyes to see Liz standing over him, smiling with relief. With a stiff upper limb, he slowly extended the Edelweiss to Liz, and with chattering teeth said, These are for you. He sneezed hard, snow falling off his fur. Oh my, Elbert, they are beautiful. Merci beaucoup. But I am most happy that you are safe replied Liz, kissing Al on the nose as she took the flowers into her paws, beaming with joy. Max pulled Al out of the snow and slapped his burly paw on his friend's back. Laddie, that were some feet. It were a daft feet, and ye best not do it again. But I'm proud of ya, he shouted, because his ears were again plugged. You, Elbert, are a Nobel warrior, and because your name means famous, we will name these mountains in your honor, Liz said with the warmth of hope burning in her heart. Turning to the other animals, Liz exclaimed, Because of Albert's bravery in climbing to the top of this mountain to get this Edelweiss and facing multiple dangers, I hereby name these mountains the elves. What did she say? Asked Max, shaking his head and his stuffy ears. She said we'll name these mountains after Al. We'll call them the Al's, Kate explained. Aye, the Alps. Tis a fine name indeed, the Alps. Max continued to shout. He yawned and his ears popped. All the animals erupted in shouts of joy, hugging each other and celebrating that not only was Al safe, he had accomplished what no one thought he could. He grew into his name. Al was a noble, famous warrior. Oh, that was one of the most harrowing, most loving, most terrifying, yet noble, and we, Max, it was your digging abilities that helped to save Al. And, uh, Max, uh, uh Max? <gasps> Where is that doggy? He better not be out there digging in the garden again. Uh, here I am, lass. I, I just stepped out. Have you been back there digging? No, lass. I just said, explain, s'il vous plaît. Uh, why are you holding a bunch of flowers? <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, lass. These were from your garden. Take a closer look. Oh, Edelweiss. They are très magnifique. Mm, but we did not grow any Edelweiss. I'm aware of that, lass, for there's a card saying special delivery. Oh, it says, my dearest Lise. Oh. I would climb the highest mountain, 
get buried in the snow, if that's what it would take to let me feel in show, remembering that special day, but wishing I were with you, your noble, famous warrior, Al. Oh, Al! Oh, brother! He is so sweet to remember. And, Max, it's true. Your digging ability helped to save him. So, merci, Max. Ah, a kiss on the nose, then. Ah, pip. Max, your nose is all dirty. Well, sometimes we use more than our paws for digging, you know. <laughs> Yuck. Max, here, just take us to Jenny's corner while I go clean this disgusting... <laughs> Cats, am I right? Anyway, today in Jenny's Corner, our author last Jenny Cody has dipped into the mailbag. So, Miss Jenny, have you got a letter for us then? I have a wonderful letter here from a mom named Haiti Kerwin. And I first met her family about three years ago in Orlando when I went down to do a workshop for homeschoolers. But she said, here's a couple of things that I wanted to share that you might enjoy hearing. During Holy Week, Michael, her son, went to look up your books because we were talking about the actual suffering Jesus endured. And he said, hold on, Mrs. Cody researches all of her books very well, and she has a very accurate description of what really happened. And off he went to get your book. He is now 16, and you know how hard it is to convince a teenager of something. Wow, that just blesses me beyond words. And then she says... During one of his high school English Zoom classes, they were talking about characters, and I was about to chastise him because he had one of your books open during class. But then he explained to me that he was looking up a particular character example for the class from your book. I love it. My eight-year-old, just turned nine, has sensory and visual processing issues and about two years ago started reading. He became an avid reader but was only reading short chapter books according to his grade second or third grade. About a week ago, he discovered your books sitting on his older brother's bookshelf. He decided they were worthy of a look and began to read them. He is now reading them to the tune of one book every day and a half. He just loves them and can't get enough of them. You will find him glued to your books. I just want to thank you for providing good, Christian, clean, entertaining, interesting, true-to-life, well-researched books that entertain, educate, and even used for research around my house, as you see. Thank you. I pray that you're staying safe and healthy and that we are granted the opportunity to attend another one of your workshop talks. Thank you so much, Haiti. Wow, you have just blessed me oh so very much to see both of your sons impacted and at different ages, you know, to see Michael discover the books at 13 and as a 16-year-old, he's still using them for reference in his schoolwork. And to see, you know, your, your nine-year-old now uh, embracing the books, that just thrills this author's heart. So thank you so much for writing. See, you've just heard some of the ways Jenny's amazing books continue to influence young people. And fortunately for all of us, Jenny continues to write. In case you missed it, Jenny's latest book, the eighth in the series, is now available in print. That's right. The Declaration, the Sword, and the Spy is now available on Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle versions. To learn more about the book, you can go to Jenny's website. Uh, Grab a pencil. I'll give you that address in just a moment. On our next episode, we get acquainted with Noah's family. 
and the unbelieving world that they were dealing with as Noah was completing the ark. It's a very important chapter of the ark, the reed, and the fire cloud. So join us next time, won't you? Once again, the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, is produced by Playful World Ministries, and The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud was written by Jenny L. Cody. To purchase your copy of The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud on audiobook, log on to audible.com. And for all the amazing books by Jenny L. Cody, the entire collection of The Epic Order of the Seven, log on to Jenny's website, www.epicorderofthe7.com. That's epicorderofthe7.com. See you next time on the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast. And I'm Denny Brownlee. Thanks for joining us. Have a grand day. Au revoir, mes amis. Thanks for listening.